Um, all right. Uh, the University of Michigan playing its first game this season against a ranked opponent on Saturday against Penn State. And then there's all the off-the-field stuff. Uh, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined to Sports Zone by Aaron McCann of MLive.com. And, Aaron, I promise, I really honestly promise uh, that we would ask for your uh, assistance today had all the off-the-field uh, off stuff not been going on because I want to talk about this game more than anything else. But uh, the sign-stealing stuff, let's start with that. This story seems to change about every 10 minutes, so let me just ask you, what's the latest that you have? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good good way to sum it up. Uh, at, at this point, Michigan is waiting to hear back from the, the Big Ten Conference. Uh, they submitted their uh, uh, reply to the Big Ten last night, um, and they're just, it's kind of in a waiting period at this point. All signs point to Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti wanting to hand down some type of punishment uh, to the Michigan football program and Jim Harbaugh. What that what that is, we don't know just yet. Um, he could file, you know, he could lay a, up there with two game suspension of Harbaugh. He could go bigger if he gets the support from uh, uh, the, the league's commission or the league's presidents and ads. Uh, so Michigan's just kind of waiting. Uh, we're waiting to see if Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the sideline Saturday. Um, I've been told that if the Big Ten does hand down a suspension, uh, the school is prepared to take this to court and file some type of. Uh, either a restraining order or an injunction to get Harbaugh back on the field immediately. Okay, this might be an impossible question for you to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do you think that Harbaugh had any knowledge, any knowledge of what was allegedly happening? Yeah, so he has said he does not. You know, he, he claimed that in a statement a few weeks ago he issued, he said he had no knowledge or involvement in it. Um, whether you believe that or not, I, I guess it, it's a good question, right? Because you're you're looked at as the CEO, the president of the, of the, of the, of the you know, the organization. Uh, you should be theoretically know everything that's going on. But in reality, as we all know, when you've got, you know, large, a large number of people working for you, you've got a roster of over a hundred people. That's probably hard to do. Um, you know, the, the person at the center of this was, a, was considered a low level staffer. Um, you know, he wasn't an on field coach. He was someone kind of working behind the scenes, so to speak, figuratively. And I guess literally as we've, come to know um so it it, it it it's it's plausible i think to think that jim harbaugh did not know but when you've got video of games of where the staffer is literally talking into the ear of the coordinators telling them what play was coming and, and in some cases jim you know acknowledging the staffer it's hard to believe it not knowing what he knew but not asking where he got the information all right, so let, let's you know, move on from that story. You know, as you mentioned, by the time we get done with this interview in like ten minutes, there'll probably be something new out there. So we'll just uh, we'll move on. But I, I obviously we had to cover it to some to some extent here. I would say that uh, this story has had close to zero effect uh, on the you know regarding the on-field performance. But I'm not a hundred percent sure because they have not exactly played the most challenging schedule so far, right? <laughs> No, you, you, you're absolutely correct. Michigan's schedule has been as soft as they come. I mean, another, you know, another week non-conference schedule, they had no issue beating teams. Uh, and then even the six Big Ten opponents they played to this point, uh, none of them have been ranked. Uh, the best team, I think, statistically is either Rutgers or Minnesota. So just the, the quality of opponent hasn't been great. Uh, now, that's not to say – that's not to disparage Michigan's performance on the field because – They've handled business. I mean, not only have they blown these teams out, they're beating them by four, you know 30 and 40 points. So the, the margins haven't been close. They really haven't had their backs against the wall yet. 
so what, from what they've you know gone up against, they, they've certainly handled handled their business. Aaron McMahon of uh, MLive.com currently in the sports zone. So let's talk about the offense. Uh, from my point of view, uh, this offense has a different look this season. Less effective on the ground, more effective with J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball. Is that an accurate assessment on my part? Yeah, 100% accurate. You know, and it's maybe a little bit different than what many of us expected coming in just because the last two years Michigan's offensive identity has largely been running the football, the ground and pound style of play. Their offensive line was named the best offensive line in the country the last two years. So um, they, they've gone away from it a little bit. I, I think part of it was by natural design. I mean, you had J.J. McCarthy coming back. You've got experience at, at the receiver's position. And you also have to take into account opponents are probably planning for it or preparing for it. And they, they talked about yeah. that. You know, teams have been putting a lot of guys in about eight, nine guys to defend the run. It's kind of opened things up for the passing game. Uh, so naturally, Michigan's gone that way, and they've had you know a, a large amount of success doing it. Um, but it, at the same token, too, Michigan's running backs have been a little banged up. You, you're not seeing the same explosiveness from a from Donovan Edwards, Blake Corum. They've largely used along the goal line, and then the offensive line, as I mentioned, they, they, they've had, they brought three new guys in from the transfer portal in the offseason. I think it took them some time to gel. They've been very good at pass protection, but when it comes to the run game, it, it's been a little bit shaky, a little shaky. I'll get back to McCarthy in a second. You mentioned Edwards. You know well, what's up with that? Is he is he okay? And he doesn't look like the same dude. No, you, you're right. I mean, I, I said it early in the Big Ten season when when they were trying to get him some carries. He didn't look like he had the same explosiveness as we saw last yeah. year. Uh, come to find out, you know, we, we talked to the running backs coach actually this week, and he he made it sound like Donovan was banged up early in the year, still dealing with kind of the. Uh, fall out from some of the injuries he had last year in the offseason. So um, they seem to think he's fine. They, 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 they say he's ready to go. They, they claim he's been a couple of, couple of you know, plays away from breaking those big runs. But you've also got to take into account last year, he had some big runs late in the year. Um, but up to that point, he, had, he hadn't done a ton either. So they, they tried to find new ways to get him involved. They, they've turned him kind of into a slot receiver this year, and they've had some success doing it. So they're trying to get him, mm-hmm. you know, find ways to get him the football without necessarily giving him the rock on the ground. Okay, on to McCarthy. Uh, what has most impressed you about his improvement over the last couple of years? Uh, probably the, the poise and maturity. I mean, we always knew he had the arm and the playmaking ability. I mean, you saw that in high school when Michigan was recruiting him. I mean, there was a reason he was a five-star recruit. Um, I, I think he's really grown up and, and, and cut down maybe some of the poor decision-making uh, he had the first couple of years at Michigan. Uh, and, and he's acknowledged, acknowledged as much. I think he's a smarter player, just more mature. Um, and even, even, but even then, he's had some, you know, some issue, hiccups this year, too. You know, he threw three interceptions in one game against Bowling Green, and he admittedly said he was trying – at that point he was still trying to push for more touchdown uh, uh, passes than, than incompletions. Now he's not going to get there at this point. But, you know, right now he's, I think, second in the country in quarterback rating, third in completion percentage. Um, he's probably got an outside chance at the Heisman Trophy at this point. But, you know, given Michigan's offense and how they still do like throwing the football, you know, despite what we were just talking about, he just doesn't have the volume that some of these other quarterbacks – around the country have. And it's also a byproduct, too, of the way Michigan's won their games, right? Like, there have been – J.J. McCarthy and some of these these starters on the offensive side of the ball just haven't played a ton in the fourth quarter because Michigan's had, you know, such such big leads. If they win this Saturday and they beat Ohio State in two weeks, I mean, I think the Heisman hype is going to skyrocket, right? I would think so. You know, and, and you got to remember, two voters are always look, looking for those quote-unquote – 
Heisman moments. You know, you want that player to have a big game and a big moment. So these are certainly going to be opportunities for McCarthy to do that, uh, especially the Ohio State game. Uh, so he's had a chance. There's no doubt about it. Um, I, I think the odd, latest odds, I think, had him second or third. So he's going to have a, ch- a chance. Obviously, Michigan's got to keep winning. They can't, they can't uh, slip up and lose a game either. All right, so Penn State, their defense is, you know, highly ranked in almost all the categories, but, you know, truth be told, it's not like they face the most difficult offenses on the planet until Saturday. Uh, so when you're watching this game on Saturday, what will you be focusing on when it's the Michigan offense against the Penn State defense? Yeah, I, I think for Michigan to be successful offensively, they're going to have to uh, obviously uh, establish the run game. They're going to have to try and get something going on the ground. I don't think they can lean primarily on uh, on the passing attack. Uh, Penn State secondary is very good. They're very good at, at keeping defenses uh, uh, or keeping offenses honest, uh, not giving up those big explosive plays that Michigan's been able to get all season long. So I think it's establishing the run game up, up, for, up first, and then just not making not making mistakes. You don't want McCarthy in a situation like that TCU game in the playoff. Uh, back in December where he threw a couple of pick sixes and just it seemed like he was making mistake after mistake. So avoid the mistakes and establish a ground game early. And then I think Michigan ideally wants to score again on the scoreboard you know, early, first or early on. Uh, because they, they, you know, we talked about the week schedule all season long. They haven't really had their backs against the wall. They haven't really been tested. They haven't really been in that moment where they, they needed a score or needed a good drive. So I, I think if they can avoid that, especially being on the road in Happy Valley, it, it would be key. Okay, so let's flip this. Uh, the Michigan defense has insane numbers. I don't really care what the competition has been. When you have numbers like that, I mean, there's got to be something really positive and, you know, everything's going well there. What has impressed you most about this defense? Uh, probably the turnovers. You know, it was something that the Michigan coaching staff really harped on last year that they didn't get enough of. Uh, you know, they get tip balls and they force deflection and whatnot. But this year they're really coming down with interceptions and, and, and creating disruptive plays. And I think that's been a difference maker for this, this defense. Number one in the country in yards allowed, number one in the country in points allowed. Again, they haven't played a great, uh, great schedule, but they've really come up in, in, in some big moments. They've had, you know, multiple pick sixes. Um, it's really a defense that doesn't have a superstar on it. There really is no Aiden Hutchinson, no guy that's probably going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. But they got a lot of – collectively, they got a lot of good guys that kind of play within the system and, and, and play well within it. They're experienced. Um, you know, I'm really looking to see how much disruption they can get on Drew Aller, the Penn State quarterback, on Saturday. Uh, he's had his moments this year. He's been hot and cold at times. So I, I think for, for Michigan to get pressure on him and get, force him to get rid of the football early – I think it's going to help try to you know set up some of those mistakes and set up those some of those turnovers, um, and then to go along with that, in the secondary Will Johnson's really come on. Uh, he's only a sophomore. He was incredible as a freshman last year. He had I think interceptions down the last two games. I'm looking for him to try and uh, get a third here uh, on Saturday. If you were an offensive coordinator with some offensive weapons, and I think that you know Penn State falls into this category, they have some offensive weapons. If you're an, if you were an offensive coordinator, how would you try to attack the Michigan defense? Well, I, I think they're more susceptible in, in the quick game. If you've got a if you've got receivers who can get over the middle of the field and get open, and, and, and a quarterback can deliver the football quickly, I think that's the way you're going to beat the Michigan defense. If you give the edge rusher's time to get the quarterback and, and force you to make a quick throw, as I was talking about, I think that's when you're really in trouble. So I, I think if you're Drew Allen, you've got to get, get, get rid of the football quickly, 
Um, you've got to develop some type of rapport with your receivers and, and hit, hit the open guys. Um, yeah, in Michigan one-on-one and, you know, down the field, I think can be difficult to, 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 to go up against, match up against. Uh, so they've they got to find some quick strikes. I think they've got to maybe get an explosive play or two, break a, big run, break a big run, I think would open things up. Because, as I said, you know, Michigan's defense, just like the offense, hasn't been tested. They haven't really – they haven't given up more than 13 points a game all season long. Um, they, they haven't – Jim Harbaugh talked about it this week. They haven't – an opponent has not, uh, you know, snapped the football inside Michigan's 10-yard line all season long. So those long-sustaining drives – there, there just haven't been a ton of them. So if you can get some of those going, keep the Michigan defense on the field for, for, for a long time and try to wear them out, uh, that would probably be the best avenue to, uh, to succeed. Okay, considering all that, you know, you know, old, I guess I don't have the exact quote here in my mind, but you know, Mike Tyson used to, said, it, you know, used to say it doesn't really matter until you get punched in the face. Let's say they get punched in the face. How do you think they might react at that point? It's a good question because, like I said, they haven't really done that yet. You know, it, last year it took them about this time before they got the punch in the face. I can remember in the road game at Illinois where they were trailing going into the fourth quarter and ended up winning the game mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, they had to pull one out and get a field goal late. So I'm really curious to see how they respond because they haven't done it yet. Um, but I, I will say this. This team is very experienced. A lot of these guys on this team were playing last year and starting and everything else. So, it's not. It's not like they haven't been in that situation before. It's just been a very long time. But you know, as we've seen it in big stages and big moments, at times this Michigan football team, you know, has has disappointed. You know, you go back to the TCU game in the semifinal playoff semifinal that they were expected to win that they, they really struggled. Um, you know, so it's it's not like it can happen. Um, but I, I got to think if they are punched in the mouth, they'll handle themselves. Well, I think the, at, at the same time, too, the earlier the better, right? If Penn State come out and score early, yeah. maybe put up a lead, it, it would certainly give Michigan time to respond. But the longer this game goes in, in, you know, with, in a one-possession one game uh, or close to the contest, the more I think if you're a Michigan fan, you maybe you worry a little bit more. Okay, one other thing about this game on Saturday. Penn State special teams, they've really delivered some big plays much of the season, including the game at Ohio State. Uh, when they didn't do much else, quite frankly. So how how do you think Michigan special teams match up on Saturday against Penn State? Yeah, so Michigan special teams aren't nearly as good as they were last year. I mean, they had Jake Moody end up going in, the, I think, the third round, the 49ers, and an experienced punter. Mm-hmm. They don't have either one of those guys this year. I mean, they've got guys that they like, but they're just the talent, just in the, you know, the, the, the legs aren't, just, aren't there yet. So Michigan's offense has really been predicated on scoring touchdowns all season long. So if, if Penn State can, can limit them to field goals, it's certainly going to help. And at the same token, too, the, the, the return games haven't been great either. Michigan had a muff punt uh, last Saturday against Purdue that resulted in a in, uh, field goal for the Boilermakers. Luckily, it wasn't, or at least for Michigan, luckily it wasn't more. Um, but they haven't been the greatest in special teams. So I do think that's going to be an advantage for Penn State. Uh, if you can, you know, if you can f- hold Michigan to a field goal or, or you know, get a blocked uh, field goal or get a muff punt or something to that matter, you know, I, I I think it's going to make a difference. I think this game ends up going down to the wire. I think maybe potentially the final team that has the ball at the end potentially wins this game, but I I don't see a runaway game for either one of these teams. Okay, so my last question, you might have already stolen my answer, my question, the answer with my question here, but uh, Michigan's a consensus four-and-a-half-point favorite. Does Michigan remain undefeated, and if so, do you think they cover the four-and-a-half? I, I think the number's right, right, you know, right around what I, where I would put it. Um, you know, I do think Michigan wins. I think they eke it out at the end. Um, but as I said, I, I don't see this game being, 
a runaway. I, I, I see this can it's probably a low scoring, closely contested game, one score either way. Um, I see the, a very similar result in the 2021 game at Penn State where Michigan won. I think it was 21-17, and they got a touchdown midway to the fourth quarter to win it. So it, it's going to come down to who makes a few mistakes, who's penalized least, who comes up with one or two more uh, explosive plays, and I think that's, that's going to determine the winner on Saturday. Okay, one final, final question. Is Michigan glad this is not one of those whiteout night games at Penn State? Even though you know, Penn State has not exactly you know, dominated those whiteout games, by the way, over the years. Yeah, it's a good question, right? Because I, I can remember going to Penn State, I think in 2017 was a night game for them against Michigan. And on the very first play, Michigan, they got, took a delay game penalty because they couldn't hear themselves in the, in the, crowd, or in the, in the huddle. So mm. it certainly seems like it's louder there at night. Um, so I think that plays in a, a factor, but at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters. I mean, it, it is, it's a road game. Uh, it's quote unquote a hostile environment. I, I thought I would put Penn state right up there with some of the, some of the best big 10, uh, you know, game environments in, in the conference. So it's, it's going to be a fun atmosphere I think there's still plenty to play for. If you're a Penn state fan, uh, you know, they could still beat Michigan and still try and push for a big t- or for a spot in the big 10 championship and potential playoffs. So, uh, it's not like neither team has anything to play for. Both teams are you know, eager to win this game. I got to think, uh, you know, Penn State's going to be motivated given the off-the-field stuff and some of the accusations against Michigan. And the same, on the flip side, I got to think the Michigan players are certainly motivated to prove that, you know, they are better than what some folks maybe are, uh, are claiming they are. Okay, my third final question. This is somewhat sarcastic. But if you combined all the players from the Big Ten West and just combine them, would they beat Michigan or Ohio State? <laughs> uh, good question. You know, I got to think if you if you combine the Iowa defense and maybe, gosh, I don't know the the Iowa defense, the Illinois defense with maybe the I don't know Wisconsin offense, maybe they give Michigan a game. Um, I don't think they'd win, but I think it'd be closer than maybe the, the last two uh, Big Ten title games have, have ended up. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm assuming that's going to be a third consecutive, unwatchable Big Ten title game. Uh, Garen, good stuff. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, if they make the playoff, I'm sure we'll be catching up with you again. Thanks. You bet. Thanks, Bob. All right, Aaron McCann, MLive.com. Excellent stuff, as always. And I think we covered the sufficient uh, off-the-field stuff. And like I said, the story changes like every 10 minutes. So who knows what's happened since we started this segment.